everyone. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Thursday. It is December 19th. It's 2019, and we're here to talk about the Week 16 NFL slate. I'm joined today by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? <sighs> you know what? Just, just tip-top thought I would lose a bunch of money for basketball, and then I am not losing money right now, which is fantastic. Because I thought tonight would go terrible, and it's not. That's always uh, that's always good when you feel like you're going to lose money and you don't. Um, I played Malik Monk, who got hurt, and I played Okaji. So you know how my night's going. Ready to move on and talk some football here. Um, if you guys haven't already, make sure you head on over to our sponsor site, FantasyDraft.com. Awesome sponsors of the podcast. They have a twenty thousand twenty five thousand dollar Hooters main event for Saturday and a $150,000 Hooters main event for Sunday. So a ton of stuff going on over there on fantasy draft, um, 30 entry max and 150 entry max on Saturday and Sunday. So a lot of stuff going on for Saturday's slate and Sunday's slate. So uh, take advantage of rake free DFS. Again, if you play small stakes, $6 for the membership, you pay it off in your first hundred dollars played. It's the best deal out there. It's not even close. So, Check out Fantasy Draft and, you know, send some love their way for being awesome sponsors of the podcast. Uh, we're going to start here with the Saturday slate. So we got Houston at Tampa, 49 total. Houston favored by three in this game. Um, I will say, like, I live about two hours from Tampa, and it's supposed to pour all day Saturday. So we'll have to see what Kevin Roth has to say, but let's break this one down. What are we looking at here for Houston? Well, that makes things a little bit sadder because I wanted all Everybody things. Everybody wants to play everything from this game. Yeah, no, I mean, this entire game is just the perfect spot here. we got Houston going up against the worst pass defense in the league. As of right now, I think Hopkins and Fuller are both questionable, but I'm expecting them to play. Um, so as of right now, Watson, Hopkins, Fuller are all fantastic plays here. Um, there's not really much more to be said. They're the top – plays on pretty much the entire slate assuming they're good to go um outside of that i don't think i'm playing carlos hyde like there's some ways that you can stack it up where if you're taking a whole bunch of tampa bay guys then you can bring it back with duke johnson because tampa bay like they may not be the greatest team in the world they are seven and seven right now seven and eight and realistically like they they can easily get out to a big lead in this game because winston can do winston things and put up huge numbers, and then, of course, turn the ball over a ton. But um, no interest in Hyde, little interest in Duke Johnson, just a surprise savings if you stack this game up the right way. Um, but all systems go on the passing attack. Yeah, as far as Houston goes, obviously, we, we attacked Tampa with the passing game. Their run defense has been really solid this season. Um, I, I like the Duke Johnson call. Carlos Hyde's dealing with a little bit of an ankle injury right now, too. So, like, Duke Johnson, you know, gets a nice bump here in the passing game. We, we've seen so far when Houston gets down, um, you know, Duke Johnson's a guy that, you know, gets a ton of targets out of the backfield. So, really like this spot for him. Um, Hopkins, Watson, obviously top plays on the slate. Will Fuller, um, you know, is a really strong tournament play. You know, Kenny Stills had two touchdowns. Like, I'll probably jump off the Kenny Stills bandwagon here uh, just because I just – I'm not chasing those touchdowns. And, you know, you can always take shots on these tight ends for Houston. Um, if Bells doesn't play, I like Aikens a lot more in this game. So, 
we'll have to kind of see how that all plays out here as we get closer to Saturday. Um, on the Tampa side, obviously we're waiting on news here. You know, Chris Godwin still missing practice, hamstring injury. This team has nothing to play for. They're eliminated from the playoffs. Um, so we're not going to see I, – I don't think we see Chris Godwin on Saturday. And that's going to really open things up because, you know, Evans went to the IR. Miller went to the IR. This is a passing game that, you know, doesn't have as many options as it has had here recently. Yeah, no. Another spot where I'm just kind of all in on the passing game here. I mean, Perriman might be the top overall play on the slate, uh, just kind of on a point-per-dollar basis. We know how much this team is going to throw here. We know his upside just considering what he did last week, the week before. Like, the dude's getting going to get 10-plus targets here. Without Godwin, without Evans in there, that's 20 targets to go around. We know that Arians doesn't want to throw to the tight end too much, although both the tight ends are in play. Like, literally, Winston still might put up 400 yards here, even with these bad pass catchers. And if he does that, every single one of them are going to crush value. Harriman's my favorite guy. Watson's probably number two. I know that he disappointed me terribly last game, but really not going to have a choice here. He's going to have to – be heavily involved. And I think what's what's the only other guy? Ishmael Hyman, the only yeah. other guy that I really don't know too much about, but he's 3K and he's the only other guy in this offense or only other wide receiver. I think they run a whole lot more two tight end sets. So both Brate and Howard are still in play. Like there's literally not a bad play in this offense because of the volume that they're all going to get. Yeah, like, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see what Tampa does in this game because, you know, the third-string wide receiver is a rookie that they signed off the practice squad. So, like, we have to kind of think Perryman and Watson are going to get targets. But, you know, O.J. Howard had eight targets last week. Cameron Bray had, Cameron Bray had seven. So, I think mixing in these tight ends is going to be important here as well. Um, you know, they ran plenty of routes. Uh, they ended up running – like, O.J. Howard ran 34 routes. So – right up there with Perryman. And I think that the running back situation is just such a split that it's really tough to trust either one of these guys. Um, maybe you take some shots if you're playing a bunch of teams. Um, and then you, you definitely take some shots here on Winston. You know, Houston's allowing the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. So you get, you get two teams that allow a lot of points to quarterbacks. So um, don't mind taking a shot here on Winston either. Yeah. Up next yeah. we got – we got Buffalo at New England, 37 and a half total here. New England favored by six and a half. Um, let's start here at Buffalo, you know, 15.5 fan or implied total. Is there anything standing out to you here for the Bills? No. I mean, Josh Allen's in play for tournaments for his rushing upside. Singletary, like, we only have seven running backs really in consideration on the slate. He's been very good recently, even up against a tough – New England defense, like, he's in play. I'm not going Brown. I'm not going Beasley. Like, this is just a cross-off spot for Buffalo. Yeah, I think, like, if I'm going to play anybody here, it's probably Singletary and Beasley. Um, I, I don't think that you will see John Brown on any of my teams. Like, obviously, it's really early in the week, but Gilmore has just been so good. And this team has just been good, you know, taking guys away and I just think that John Brown's really hard to trust here I think Beasley's kind of interesting more on PPR sites but again New England allows the fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks running backs wide receivers um it's just not a great spot so 
this could be like a potential game that we see like here in a, in a few weeks in the playoffs. Um, so that, you know, it's interesting on that aspect and, you know, Buffalo, if they win this game, you know, it becomes really interesting as far as, um, you know, the AFC East goes. So uh, this is an interesting game. It's obvious. I think there's going to be a lot of defense played in this game. So let's go to the Patriots side. Um, Buffalo's allowing the second few fantasy points to quarterbacks. Is there anything that you like here for New England? White and Edelman just based on volume. Like Edelman, I know he's a little bit hampered right now, um, but still a guy that can end up with 12 targets in a game. Like he has some upside of 6,400. He can get a touchdown. He can get 100 yards. He can get nine catches. White, same exact thing. Like they've been using him a decent amount in the rushing game off and on recently. Obviously very involved in the receiving game. Big touchdown equity. So it's those two guys. Like if you really want to take a shot at Shell, that's – that's fine. Like I've kind of just given up on it and it's pretty much been working all season long. So you can always have that three touchdown game. It's a small enough slate where it's worth taking a shot or two on, but I'm, I'm just probably going to end up for going. I mean, I haven't built any lineups yet, so that could change. I could end up with a decent amount of him, but just the way that kind of looking at this slate doesn't look like he's a guy that I want to be on too much. Yeah. Slight interest in Edelman. I like James White here. You know, I think James White is always the guy that I tend to play out of this backfield. I played Michelle last week, and Brady underthrew an easy touchdown pass to Michelle where he would have walked in untouched. So, like, obviously that was a little frustrating. But, you know, I think that James White's probably your top target here from the Patriots. Um, and it's just – it's tough to really love anybody here, but, you know, James White in the first matchup had 10 targets. So I think you, you kind of have to look at that. And Sanu had eight targets last week in that Cincinnati game. But I think a lot of that had to do with Edelman kind of going out of that game and really not playing a ton in that game. So, you know, Edelman only played 57% of the snaps last week and only ran 22 routes. So I think that if this game stays close, Edelman plays plenty of snaps here. So, um, moving on, the last game here on this little um, Saturday slate. Rams, 49ers, 45 total. San Francisco, six and a half favorites here. Um, anything standing out to you for the Rams? Rams are still technically in, right? They're not out yet. I don't think they're out yet. I still think they got a shot of – I think taking... the Vikings have to lose both games and the Rams have to win both games, I'm pretty sure, is the only way that they can get in. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it, like – Nothing's decided for sure over in the NFC yet, so everyone's still playing for stuff. But in any case, Higby, but I really don't want to pay that price tag, especially if Everett's going to play. Um, Cup always has a bit of upside. I'm not using Goff. Like, we've seen what he does against good defenses. He's just not good. It's it's probably Gurley's the only guy that I have a decent amount of interest. I mean, San Francisco's got a good run defense. They don't have a whole bunch of points there, but this is still a divisional game. Gurley's getting volume. He's being involved in the receiving game recently. He's got touchdown equity. So, it's it's just Gurley for me, and I really like Gurley, though. Yeah, I don't um, I don't mind Gurley in this spot. I, I think this is a tough spot. Like, just in general, like, this run defense has been really good all season. And I think he's going to be, like, he's going to be the master of chalk, right? Like, it's a three-game slate. He's been really good recently. Like, I don't mind being underweight. I don't think I'd fully fade him in this spot, but I don't want to be 
underweight on him here. Um, I have a little bit more interest in Everett coming back. Like, I just, you know, his price is kind of decreased now. Higby's expensive. Like, Everett's going to walk right back into five to ten targets in this game. He's 4K. I think it'd be low owned. And I don't mind Woods. Um, Cooks had eight targets last week, but I think that was more matchup-based. I like Robert Woods in this spot. I think he's very much in play. Um, but, yeah, this is just not – like, this is why everybody's loading up on that Tampa-Houston game because these other two games are just not that juicy. And, you know, we go to the San Francisco side, and, you know, what's really standing out to you here for San Francisco? You know, Mossart? Mossart, uh, Kittle. Debo, I think that they might shadow Sanders a little bit more. So Debo is actually a pretty good play on the slate. He's a low on guy, um, but that's that's really it. Like for a three game slate, it's awesome in the first game and gets like really bad in the second, and then just so so in the third. Uh, but like Debo's the guy who would take in tournaments. Kittle obviously a great option at tight end. Uh, and that's and Mostert has just been a monster recently. So, like, Monster's probably my favorite play, then Kittle, then Debo. Yeah, the the other guy that I want to mention is Emmanuel Sanders. Like, he probably gets shadowed by Jalen Ramsey, which, you know, that's another reason that you play Debo. But um, Kittle, Kittle, this is a really good spot for Kittle. Um, Mozart is a guy that I like here just because, like, again, like, if I'm going to fake Gurley, I got to have somebody here. So, um I'm not fading Gurley. I'll be underweight on Gurley here. So uh, let's move over to the main slate, get started on these. I think it's um, 11 games. We got the Giants and Redskins, 42.5 total here. Washington favored by 2.5 in this game. Um, it sounds like Daniel Jones is going to start this game. Um, is there anything that's standing out to you for the Giants? Barkley in a good matchup versus Washington. And he finally looked right last week. Um, but, like, with Jones – probably starting like I think it actually can't believe I say I'm saying this but Eli might be an upgrade for the passing game um so it's really just Barkley for me and he's priced up there at 8.3k a little bit high but not high given his upside we've seen it so many times before in the past and he just had a bad stretch after his ankle injury and like if he gets the volume he should crush here against a bad Washington run D so like Barkley's the guy I want to go with, and that's pretty much it from the Giants. Yeah, I don't mind Barkley. The only thing that I hate about Jones is he doesn't check down to Barkley as much as like we were getting with Eli. It was it was nice to have Eli back. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't mind Barkley here. I think he's definitely one of the top end running backs on this slate. Outside of that, like Golden Tate's really cheap. Like I think you can take some tournament flyers on Golden Tate at forty eight hundred. Um, especially like on PPR sites, you know, Slayton has been doing really well, but I don't want to pay more for Slayton than I would for Golden Tate. And Sterling Shepard is a guy that's always in play because of his targets. Um, and then on the Washington side, it's, you know, probably just scary Terry for me here. Yeah. And I'm still not going Terry. Um, I don't know. I think you can take a shot on AP. I mean, we know the volume that he's probably going to end up getting this game should stay moderately close here. They're just going to pound the ball with him. He's 5K. It's not the worst idea in the world, but I'm I'm not going to. Like, I get that he had one long bomb last week, and he is a guy that can go for big games. I just don't trust Haskins. And he got a price increase back up to 6.2K. There's a lot of other mid-tier options on the slate. So, 
I'm not. It's just AP for me. This game's just trash. <laughs> um. Yeah. Like. Uh, you know, Steven Sims had 11 targets last week. If you want to take a tournament flyer on him at 4K, um, this game is kind of a coin flip type game. So, like, you know, maybe Washington throws more in this game, but they're a team that wants to run the ball first. Um, and like you said, Adrian Peterson definitely going to get um, nice volume here. You just need him to score a touchdown. Like, if he scores a touchdown, you know, you're on your way. So, um, up next, we got – the Panthers and the Colts, 46 total. Uh, Colts favored by seven in this game. Is there anything that's standing out to you here for Carolina? Um, maybe a little Will Will Greer? Yeah, you kind of have to consider him. He's 4,300 here. And then he's not the greatest defense in the world, but they're not the worst. Um, Greer is a guy that's just so cheap, you have to absolutely consider him. Um, same thing with CMC. Like, Samuel Moore probably get a downgrade with a new QB coming in. Like, I know Moore has been fantastic this season, and Samuel's definitely become the second guy, but you don't really know how things are going to react with a new QB in the offense here. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Samuel be the main guy again um, and get a high volume of targets. So Samuel, I think, is a decent tournament option here, 4,500. Ian Thomas or Greg Olson, uh, I'm assuming Greg Olson's going to play. So, yeah, he did clear it. Yeah, he cleared concussion protocol. So, Greg Olson, like, and he gives up a large volume of targets to opposing tight ends. New quarterback coming in. Olson's a reliable guy. So, I think Olson's a decent tournament guy. But, yeah, it's it's either one of the wide receivers, but I have a preference with Samuel for tournaments. Uh, Greer, just because his price tag, CMC, because he's CMC. He might get more dump-offs now with Greer in the offense just because what else is he going to do? Yeah. Like, how do you not play Christian McCaffrey at this point? Like, I know that Indy is fourth in DVOA against pass catching running backs, and they don't allow a lot of, um, you know, yardage and catches to opposing running backs. And they've been a really good run defense, but like, does it matter? Like, at, at this point, does it really matter? Like, he's coming off a week where he had 19 rushing attempts and 10 targets. Like, it, it just doesn't matter. His matchup just doesn't matter at this point. Like, if you have enough money to play him, um, you can play him. I like the Samuel call. I don't mind Olsen. Um, he's really cheap. And I, I really don't hate DJ Moore. Like, DJ Moore is always a guy that I think you can take shots on. This is on the turf. Maybe uh, maybe old Will Greer um, lets a few rip here. Um, the other side of this game, is there anything that you're looking at here for the Colts? T.Y. Hilton. It's in a dome. Like, he didn't really play a whole lot or get it. Well, it didn't seem full go last game, but it was against a tough New Orleans defense. Like, he should be more healthy this game here. Still a guy that can get, like, 40 points at any given time. So he's the guy that's in play for tournaments. Carolina's been horrible versus running backs all season long, so Max, another guy. Don't think I'm going with Brissett. Not a big fan of Doyle. Um, Carolina's funnel targets away from tight ends all season long. So it's just Mac and Hilton here, and they both have huge upsides. So I like both of them for tournaments. The only thing that I worry about here with Hilton and Mac is like this team really isn't playing. Like I, I guess they're technically not eliminated yet, but like Pittsburgh has to lose out and Tennessee has to lose out for them to have a chance. And like a lot of stuff has to happen. I, I just worry about them kind of backing these guys off a little bit. Like 
I don't know. I, I think Mac is a guy you can definitely look at here, especially after putting up a massive dud last week against New Orleans. But T.Y. Hilton always upside when he when he's playing at home. Something interesting to watch though is if Houston does lose on Saturday, don't be surprised if they go full bore. Is that right? Yeah, but no, because like Tennessee's eight and six too. Like oh, they can't gosh. catch Houston. Houston's nine keep, and five. Yeah, I keep forgetting. Yeah, they're all fighting for the sixth playoff, the wild card spot. Like the Steelers, the Titans. I, I guess if Houston loses both games and the Titans win both games, like they can still win the division. But the Browns, the Raiders, and the Colts are all six and eight, and the Steelers and Titans would have to lose out, and a lot of stuff, and a lot of stuff would have to happen. I don't, I don't think realistically the Colts can get there. But it happened to the Jets can. six years ago or eight years ago, and they made it to the AFC Championship game. There you go. Uh, moving on, we got the Jags and the Falcons. 45-and-a-half total here. Atlanta's favored by seven in this game. Anything standing out to you for Jacksonville? Um, if Chark doesn't play, then I have interest in all the wide receivers. Um, like, just the volume they're getting. Like, Atlanta, yes, their defense has been better since their bye week. Been a little bit off and on. But still, like, these guys are the price tag. We got a Cole at 3,600, Conley at 4,300, and Westbrook at 5,100. All these guys can crush their price tag here. So if Chark's out, then I have interest in them. If Chark's in, then I have some interest in Chark. Uh, we know the type of upside he had with Minshew in the offense for like the entirety of the season until Foles came back. And now he's priced at 6,300 and not terrible matchup here. So Chark is a guy that I have a ton of interest in if he plays. If he doesn't, then it's all the other guys. So, yeah, I have interest in the receiving game. And then Uncle Lenny's a fine play um, just based off of volume. I know he's been trash recently. Guy hasn't broken off a run for over 17 yards since week eight. I don't expect that to entirely continue. I know that they're kind of in shambles, but he's so involved in the receiving game and so involved in the rushing game that he, he has a decent floor and a high ceiling if he breaks off a big run. Yeah, he burned me so bad last week. It's just – it's so hard to trust him at this point. Um, I'm with you on Chark. If he plays, I have interest. If he doesn't play – D.D. and Conley are in play. Keenan Cole um, would be in play as well. Um, and then, like, on the other side of this game, the Atlanta side, like, obviously we're waiting on, like, if Julio's going to play or not. Because if, uh, you know, 20 target Julio's out, then, you know, we're probably looking at, like, a Russell Grage, maybe a Christian Blake, Austin Hooper, those type of guys. Yeah, it all depends on Julio's availability for the wide receivers. I think if he is out, then – you can play any of these guys. If he's in, you I can absolutely play Julio against this team that's just kind of in shambles here. So I do like Julio quite a bit if he ends up playing um, and the other wide receivers and Hooper if he's out. But the guy I'm really looking at is Freeman. Um, probably going to get 15 or so touches, maybe more, maybe a decent amount more. Like He's a guy in this offense. He's going up against – quite possibly the worst run D in the league. He's priced at 6K. I don't expect a whole lot of ownership on him. So, like, I like Freeman here, and I think I can get him at real low ownership. Yeah, I like that um, call as well. You know, we've been picking on this Jacksonville team a ton with running backs, and, you know, Freeman's workload has definitely gone up here um, recently. He's been getting, a, a you know, over 60% of the snaps three straight games now since returning from injury. 
I, I like the Freeman call a lot. He's a guy that I, I really like. And even if Julio plays, I still have interest in, like, Russell Gage and Austin Hooper here. Um, I, I think they're very, very, like, sneaky type plays too. So, kind of like Atlanta here. I think they're a team that might fly under the radar. And, you know, obviously I, I don't love playing people that don't have anything to play for at this point of the season. But, you know, I think they're still trying to figure out what they what what they have for next year too. So, um, I think that's definitely going to be important to kind of pay attention to here on the last two weeks of the season. Yeah. The holiday shopping season is here, and this year your gift can start next year's good habit with Quip. Quip is something that's sure to put a smile on everyone's mouth because it's dental care they'll actually want to use every day. That's why Quip is the perfect thoughtful and practical gift with an electric toothbrush, refillable floss, and toothpaste, all intentionally designed to make good habits simple. Equip Electric Toothbrush has sensitive sonic vibrations with a timer, 30-second timer that pulses to guide your routine, and the Quip Foss dispenser has pre-marked strings so you always use the right amount. Plus, Quip delivers brush heads, floss, and toothpaste refills every three months. Join over 3 million happy customers and check everyone off your gift list right now with Quip. Just go to getquip.com slash fantasy to save on gift sets and to get your first refill free with a refill plan. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash fantasy, getquip.com slash fantasy. Cincinnati heading to Miami, 46 and a half total here. Miami's favored by one in this game. It's another game that we're going to have to watch the weather. Um, it's supposed to be kind of nasty all weekend in Florida, so we'll have to see. Um, what are we looking at here for Cincinnati? All their offense. Um, makes Everything. Norman. Yeah, it's going up against Miami. Um, Dalton is one of the best cheap options on the entire slate here. Going up against Miami, you compare him with Boyd, you compare him with Ross. Like Both those guys we've seen with Dalton in the offense go off for massive outings at different points in the season. So either one of them are great plays that should probably go slightly overlooked. Mixon has been just on a tear recently, 136 yards in the last game, 146 the week before. He's consistently getting 20-plus touches on a weekly basis. Now gets, like, the best matchup on the board or one of the best matchups on the board here. After going up against New England and the Jets in the last three weeks, two of the better run defenses in the league, Mixon is an absolutely fantastic play. And I could potentially see him being shocked. So – Something to watch out for. Um, but, yeah, like just the entirety of the op- offense, the main options, all too cheap. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I like Cincinnati a lot here. I, I love Mixon in this spot. You know, we, we've been picking on Miami a lot, and Mixon's just been getting the workload. You know, 19, 23, and 25 carries in the last three games, 18 in the game before that. Like, we're getting the workload from Joe Mixon that we've kind of wanted. Like if you if you drafted Joe Mixon in season long, like you finally you're getting the production you in the matchup you want for your you know playoffs and your your championship. You're games, out of so. the playoffs because you drafted Joe Mixon. Yeah, probably, probably your loser bracket. Yeah, loser bracket championship. So, um, yeah, I don't even hate like an Andy Dalton Tyler Boyd um, type combo here either. Um, Andy Dalton Joe Mixon combo like Andy Dalton's cheap enough that. I think you could take some shots on him here. Um, you know, coming off a game against New England, struggled against Cleveland, didn't do great against the Jets, but they kind of blew the Jets out in that game. So I think we see Andy Dalton throw for 300 here, and um, I think he's definitely a solid tournament play. Um, on the other side, the Miami side, 
Devontae Parker and nobody else? Yeah, I think you can go with Laird just as a cheap option, but I'm not overly enthused about him. Um, it's it's pretty much Parker. Yeah. I mean, Fitzmagic yeah. going up against Cincinnati. That's true. I guess you could take a shot on Fitzmagic. You know, Alan Hearns is banged up right now. Actually, you know, uh, I forgot to mention, Gusecki's a fantastic play. Like, if you need yeah. a cheap tight end, it's him and I think Fanta around this price range that are just great plays here. Yeah, I don't hate that. And if some of these guys start getting ruled out, I think Isaiah Ford could be a very, very sneaky tournament play. Um, you know, nine and five targets over the last two games. If Hearns doesn't play and Wilson has this hip injury, like Isaiah Ford becomes really, really um, strong as a value play. But, yeah, it's the Dolphins. Like Fitzmagic is a little bit more interesting than I had originally thought because, I, you know, I don't really love the running game. He's going to add three to six points in in his running game. So, yeah, I don't hate um, – I don't hate it. But, yeah, I don't know if I could p- play Patrick Lard here. Um, Laird. Gaskins is a guy that I kind of just worry about getting some work here after really being decent last week. Yeah, yeah, it worries me a little bit too, which is why I'm not all over layered against a bad run D. Baltimore at Cleveland, 48 total. Baltimore, massive favorite here. 10-point favorites, um, Baltimore. Lamar Jackson, juicy, juicy matchup. Yeah, it's Lamar Jackson, and that's it from this game. Um, If you want, you can pair him with Ingram, pair him with Andrews, pair him with Hollywood. But if I'm playing Lamar Jackson, I'm just maybe throwing him in with one of those guys, and that's pretty much it. Just Lamar Jackson for me in this entire game. No, I I like the idea of pairing him with Andrews in this game. I, I think he throws a little bit more in this game, and I think this is a spot that you kind of pair him with Andrews. Um, I think Andrews scores a touchdown in this game. So, you don't think that Lamar just feels bad for Cleveland and lets nope. up a little bit? Nope, that's fair. You're let it. You're gonna let it fly, and I think you can take a shot on Hollywood Brown at 5,200, just the price. Like, I think there's an upside at 5,200 for him. Um, you know, his speed is always a guy that, you know, can definitely um, hit his type of ceiling in this matchup. But, yeah, Lamar Jackson by himself. Is there anything on Cleveland that you'd run it back with? Chubb's kind of cheap, but no. It's a tough matchup. They're not great. They're in shambles just now. Chubb's touchdown last week was like – you kidding me? <laughs> like, did you? I don't know if you saw it. Like, it was like, here, go score a touchdown. Give me, give me a touchdown. I mean, it was against Arizona, so we kind of all expected it, but yeah. Ah, man, Odell Beckham at fifty eight hundred, thirteen targets last week. Like, I don't know. I, I think that if you want to take a tournament flyer on him. He scores a touchdown last week. He, you know, scores 20 fantasy points at 64, and this week he's 58. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. I'm probably not going to do it. I probably won't do it too much, but I did want to throw it out there. Um, Saints and Titans, 50 and a half total here. New Orleans fair by three. Even on the road here, I think that uh, this is probably one of the juiciest games on the slate. Um what do you like here when it comes to the Saints? I mean, really just Breeze and Thomas for me. I mean, Breeze has been fantastic. Just putting up fantastic game after fantastic game. Uh, I think you could do another one here. Needs four completions to begin the game to set the 
longest streak in NFL history. Fun fact there at nearly 41 years old. Um, but in any case, yeah, it's just those two guys. I don't want to go with Kamara. Like, it's not a terrible matchup for him, but I'm just done with him. He's His touchdown equity's gone, and without that, like, he's not the same guy that he was. I get he's 7,500, but not going there. It's really just Michael Thomas is a, one of my favorite wide receiver plays, and Drew Brees is a good option to pair him with. Yeah, I think we're all going to like Michael Thomas just every week at this point, and I think – I think Kamara is a little bit more interesting than you. Um, I think that, you know, he only has two touchdowns on the season. Like, let's just let's just pause a second and, like, you know, think back to last year and, like, his touchdown equity and stuff. Like, he scored both of those touchdowns in the same game. Like, he has not scored a touchdown since week three. Those are the two touchdowns that he has on the season. Like, if he finds the end zone, like he's a guy that could easily go for 25 plus fantasy points here with his work in the passing game as well. So I think Kamara is a little bit more interesting than you. Um, but I completely understand at this point why nobody would want to play him uh, because he has been very, very just, uh, just kind of a letdown this season. But, you know, this is a team that allows eight passing attempts per game to opposing running backs, which is the second most um, behind um new new orleans so both of these teams allow a lot of passes to opposing running backs um let's go titans here you know we've kind of seen the emergence finally of aj brown um you know we're we're starting to see Tannehill like just he's locking into aj brown and aj brown has gone up to 7k now but he's put up at least 26 fantasy points in three of the last four games yeah people are worrying about his target share i've gotten big arguments about it and they're like, no, he's not going to get 10 targets. You're right. Tannehill is locking in on him on a weekly basis. And Tannehill, up until last week, only had 20 throws a week for the prior four. I mean, 19, 18, 22, 27 in the prior four weeks. And now he finally gets up to 36, and A.J. Brown gets 13 targets here. This is going to be a likely high-scoring game here. I love A.J. Brown. I don't mind Tannehill. I think he's priced about where he should be, though. I don't mind Henry, but, like, I'm not in, in love with it. Um, he's just kind of about priced to where he should be. And I don't think he's going to get the massive workload he gets in all those other games that are blowouts. So, yeah, it's really just A.J. Brown for me, but I really, really like him on this slate. You can expect a 25% target share in here. Tannehill throws the ball 50 times. We could see A.J. Brown get somewhere around 16 targets. I would not be at all surprised because most of the rest of the options are just not great. So depending on how this game plays out, we could see a big, big game from Brown, which is what we've seen three of the last four weeks. Yeah, like, you know, everybody that listens to this podcast knows, like, how much I've been talking to Brian Tannehill all season. But, like, this is a dude – since he's been the starting quarterback, he's thrown double like at multi touchdowns in what is it seven out of eight games? Like he's sixty six hundred, and this guy continuously puts up big games. Like quarterback four, quarterback six, quarterback nineteen, quarterback two, quarterback thirteen, quarterback six, quarterback nine, and quarterback twelve in his starts. Like he's been a top ten quarterback in three of the last four weeks. Um, so. I think Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown, Mike Thomas stack is very, very much in play here. So, 
Um, this is a must-win game for the Tennessee Titans. Like, we, ha- we have a good feeling, you know, the next game that we're about to talk about is Pittsburgh and the New York Jets. Like, we have a good feeling that the Pittsburgh Steelers should be able to handle the Jets. So, like, this is a must-win game for the Tennessee Titans if they want to keep their playoff hopes alive. So, and I'm pretty sure that um, – pretty sure that um the Steelers have a better win percentage in conference games so they have the tiebreaker too so like this is a must-win game for the Tennessee Titans I don't mind Derrick Henry but I really like Tannehill and AJ Brown um let's see what they can do at home in a must-win spot yeah Steelers and Jets 37 and a half total Pittsburgh favored by three in this game Pittsburgh needs to win too it's a must-win spot for Pittsburgh as well um if they want to make the playoffs they've got to beat the Jets this weekend um what are you looking at here when it comes to Pittsburgh? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. No interest in Connor? No, it's going up against one of the best run defenses in the league. I guess price tag of 6,500 is decent. He can get heavily involved in the passing game, but I'm just not seeing a whole bunch of upside here. I have no interest in any Steeler. And I'm kind of like on the fence here because Juju might play. So like I have a Who's little he got interest. throwing to him. <laughs> Hodges, man. <laughs> like Washington had eleven targets last week too. Like it's the Jets. Like I don't know. I have a little interest in this passing game. It, like I said, it's a must-win spot too. Like you got to think Pittsburgh plays Baltimore next week. Like Baltimore ha- would have a chance if both Tennessee and Pittsburgh wins. Baltimore would have a chance to you know potentially keep the Steelers out of the playoffs and the Titans and the Texans play again next week. So it's just, there's so many things that can happen here. I think the Steelers need to win this game. They need to go out and win this game. So I don't mind Washington. If Juju sits, if Juju plays, he he's kind of interesting, but you know, Deontay Johnson, if Juju doesn't play as well, don't love these guys, but I think they're interesting tournament plays. Um, anything on the jets? Le'Veon Bell revenge in the story. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Oh man, I did not even think about that. Is it still revenge if it's in New York? I mean, yeah. This well, is football. He is definitely going to try to run all over this team. Yeah, I got 21 attempts last week. So, yeah, I mean, he's crushed me all season long. Um, Might but... as well play him one more time, right? Yeah, he's 5.8K. If I played him at 7,700, I'm going to play him at 5.8K in a revenge spot. No reason for them not to give him the ball. They want to show off what he's got before the season's over so that people will trade for him. Or he'll get injured. Who knows? Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. It. But I, I think that, yeah, I think I think he's very interesting. Um, you know, outside of that, though, like maybe Jamison Crowder, maybe Robbie Anderson just for upside, but yeah, I don't love the Jets here. I like the Steelers' defense. Yeah. All right, uh, moving on here. We got the Raiders and the Chargers. 45 and a half total here. Chargers favored by seven. Uh, anything that you like in here for Oakland? I mean, Jacobs is out, so Washington. Yep. Going up against this bad Charger defense is one of the better plays on the slate, probably. Um, we saw what he was doing in the offense. Last time Jacobs was out, I don't know if he'll get the same workload, but he's still only 4K, so he offers you some salary relief on a slate where you want to pay up for CMC and Michael Thomas. I'm not using Derek Carr. I'm not using Williams. Uh, one guy I would consider in the passing game here is Darren Waller. 
It's a good spot going up, or not a bad spot going up against the Chargers. He's a guy that should see more touchdown equity without Moreau in the offense here since he's on IR. Ten targets probably in this matchup, so I, I like Waller. I like Washington, but that's really it. Yeah, I don't mind Waller as well. Uh, Washington, like you said, just he's so cheap. He's going to get work here. Had 14 carries in that game that uh, Jacobs missed and you know had, I think, had seven targets as well. So, um, the other side of this game, is there anything standing out to you for the Chargers? Everyone. Gordon's underpriced. Eckler's underpriced. Rivers' underpriced. Mike Williams is underpriced. Keenan Allen's underpriced. Even Hunter Henry's probably a bit underpriced here. Like, all these guys have massive upside. Mike Williams has been, like, on a bit of a tear recently. He's only 5K still, and we haven't even seen his upside game yet. We've just seen mediocre games from him. But now he gets a good matchup going up against Oakland, where as in the last four games he's gone up against Casey, Denver, Minnesota, and then Jacksonville was a blowout. And he's still doing fairly well. This guy is a very good wide receiver. I think we're going to see that here. Keenan Allen still getting around 10 targets a game. Should see around the similar mark here. He's 6,300. We know he has the floor. If he gets a touchdown or two, which is absolutely possible, we know he has a ceiling. Melvin Gordon, guy that is getting a decent workload. Jacksonville, he didn't get much because that game was a complete blowout. Minnesota, he didn't get much because that game was a complete blowout. Before that, he has big touch or touchdown equity. Getting 20 touches a game here, he's 5,600. We're getting the same guy we essentially had last season near the end of the season that he's just going to get a big workload and they have no reason not to run him because they're not going to have him on the team next year. So Melvin Gordon's a great play. Phil Rivers, it's against Oakland. Like he's 5,700. He's too cheap. He's got 350 yard passing upside. This might be his last two games with the Chargers. Like who knows? He's a free agent after the season. This is a divisional game. Like, I think this might be his last home game. So, all that narrative and Rivers still, like, he may throw a bunch of picks, but he can still get yards and get touchdowns. I mean, he has 4,000 yards on the season so far. So, Rivers, hopefully they don't go with Tarod, um, but Rivers has some upside here. I really like the Chargers, all of them. You'd have to almost think that Tyrod Taylor plays week 17, too. Maybe he doesn't. Who knows? I mean, the problem is that Rivers, I think, has the longest streak in the league for starts. So I don't know if they're going to do him like they did Eli. It wouldn't surprise me if they bench him in the second half, though. Like, But they haven't done that yet, so I don't think they're going to. Yeah, that's next week's conversation anyway, but – yeah, I don't um, – I like Mike Williams here. I don't know if you saw the touchdown that he caught last week, but it was a design play for him um, in the – like they were on like the five or six-yard line, I think. Um, so, like, I, I like to see that. Um, but I love Melvin Gordon here. 5,600 50, 50, for Melvin Gordon coming off a matchup against Minnesota, a matchup against Jacksonville where they just pounded Jacksonville so hard that he didn't even have to play a lot in the second half. Also, he got his one-yard touchdown snake by Watt. He would have had 20-plus points. Yep. So, uh, love Melvin Gordon here at this price. I'm right there with you on that one. Um, up next, we got the Lions and the Broncos, 37.5 total here. Denver favored by 6.5 in this game. Uh, what's standing out to you for Detroit? Galladay is too cheap at 6,500, and Amendola is too high of a target share. 
at 4,900. I don't like Blau in this matchup, but both these guys offer some upside. I mean, Galladay didn't do great last week, like, but it has massive play upside. We saw Blau up against Chicago. Galladay had four catches, and he had 158 yards. He has big playability, and he should have a high target share. It was just a weird week last week where Blau couldn't do anything. It's not a good matchup versus Denver, but 6,500 is too cheap considering his upside. And Amendola, like, they're going to be throwing later on the game. Lau is averaging about 40 passes per game or over 40 passes per game since he's been in uniform or since he's played for the Lions. So just based on sheer volume, you have to have interest in Galladay and in Amendola. kind of think this game is sneaky. <laughs> like, um... I'm, I'm absolutely in for the other side. Right, like it just – I don't know. It has a really low total. I don't think if people play this game. I, this game is ugly, but like Danny Amendola has a really good matchup. He's coming off a game where he had 13 targets. Like I love running it back here, but Drew Locke, Cortland Sutton, like combo here seems really, really, <laughs> really, really interesting. So I I think you could um, – I think you could play Drew Locke here. Like – this is a Detroit team that has just been awful against the pass all year. Yeah. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, yeah. Lock, 5,600 going up against one of the worst teams in the league, giving up fancy points to opposing quarterbacks. I get he had a rough game last week. Guy's not used to playing in the snow. It was against KC. It was a tough matchup there. Prior to that, he had 27 points against Houston. Like, he hasn't thrown the ball 30 times in a game yet. And he could potentially in this spot here. Sutton is a guy that is just an absolute stud. Had Still had 10 targets last week. Has had some big games here. Locke clearly likes throwing to him. Really, really likes Sutton. Fant, 3,700. I already mentioned it a little bit earlier. He's one of the best cheap tight end options. We know he has massive play ability here. He's one of the few tight ends in the league with over with two 100-yard receiving games. I think PFF had him great as the top – rated tight end two weeks ago. He's a guy that has massive, massive upside and a quarterback that likes throwing the ball to him. So, yeah, I'm right there with you on this game stack. I really like Sutton, Fant, and Locke. It's one of those weird game stacks that you probably know is not going to work out, but you you could see it working out. Um, that's how I kind of feel about it. Uh, Dallas at Philadelphia, 46 and a half total here. Uh, Dallas favored by one and a half. Obviously, the game that probably means the most on the entire weekend when it comes to the playoffs. Um, this is it. Like, you know, Dallas already has the tiebreaker on Philly. If, I'm pretty sure if Dallas wins this game, they're in. Like, it's as simple as that. Like, Dallas wins this game, they win the division. If Philly wins this game and wins next week, they win the division. Um, I'm pretty sure it is. I think that's how it works. Um, Let's talk about this game. I think this is a game that a lot of people are going to be potentially looking at here. Let's start with the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, so it looks like Dak has some shoulder issues right now. We'll have to kind of keep an eye on that until the end of the week here. Um, But as of right now, assuming he doesn't have any issues, I love Dak pairing him with Gallup or Cooper. I mean, Phil, we know what they do against wide receivers. They're coming off a terrible game going up against the Rams. Not the – not the Cowboys, I just mean the receivers. Both Cooper and Gallup did terrible. Now they get a matchup versus Philly here. Both of these guys have massive, massive upside in a given matchup. So pairing Dak with one or both of these guys I think is a great option. Like Philly, I know they're good against the run, but Zeke has been on a bit of a tear recently. 
20 plus points in three straight, 34 in one of those games here. I know Pollard's look great, but Dallas is running at a fairly high pace, so I, I have no problem with Zeke, Gallup, Cooper, Dak, assuming that Dak is healthy. Yeah, remember, like, Zeke had a big game uh, the first time these two teams played against each other. Like, I think he almost put up 30 fantasy points. So, uh, definitely don't mind Zeke. I, I really like Gallup again. Like, he burned me last week, only three targets in that game. I really expected more from him in that game. But I, I think this is a spot that, you know, they just got out so much in that game that they just didn't really need to throw a lot. And um, I'm going right back to the well on Gallup. I'll play some Cooper too. Um, and then like the Philly side of this game, like Philly's at home. It's a must win game. You know, I think that, you know, Carson Wentz is really kind of interesting here. Um, and assuming, I guess like assuming that Nelson Aguilar is still not going to play, like he's still not practicing. Like Greg Ward had nine targets last week. Zacharitz had 10. Goddard had six. Like, we know the guys to play here. Um, you know, we'll have to see on Jordan Howard, but Miles Sanders had a monster game last week against Washington. Yeah, no, like if Aguilar's out, then all these guys are a bit underpriced for the roles in this offense here. And if you're going to pair, if you want to play all of them, then pairing him up with Wentz in this type of game is not the worst idea in the world. He's 5,800. He's one of the cheaper guys on the slate, and he still has 30-point upside, even with these kind of trash wide receivers. Dallas has struggled a bit versus tight ends all season long, and now they're going up against a team with two great tight ends here. Um, they've given up a large volume of targets to opposing running backs. So, yeah, if Howard's out, Sanders had six targets last week, five in each of the previous three weeks. He should be he more heavily involved in the passing game in this matchup here. So, yeah, like just the way pricing and the lack of options on the offense, I love all these guys. Love Ertz. I think Ertz is in for, like, I, I think Ertz has, like, a monster, monster game here. Uh, last game on the main slate on DraftKings and FanDuel. We got Arizona at Seattle, 51 total. Seattle's favored by 51 in this game. Uh, is there anything that's standing out to you for Arizona? Kirk, if he plays. Drake is in a terrible option at 6,300. Murray, I mean, I know it's not an easy matchup. But he's still a guy with big upside at 6,100. I'm not really in love with any of these plays, but all three of those guys are going to play. I think Kyler Murray's, you know, really, really strong play here. And I, I kind of hope he flies under the radar. Like, I, I don't really expect Kenyon Drake to score four touchdowns again. Like, you know, Murray had a really good game last week. Threw, threw for 219 yards and a touchdown. Had eight rushes for 56 yards. Like, he put up 17 fantasy points, you know, with Kenyon Drake, you know, scoring four touchdowns. So I think Kyler Murray is a guy you're definitely looking at here because I think a lot of people will be looking at Russell Wilson in this game. And, like, again, I, I like Russell Wilson in this game too. Like, let's just – Arizona's allowing the most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. Like, this is a great spot for Russell Wilson. They're still technically playing for something, you know, like, you know, if they win this game – they have the tiebreaker on everybody. So, like, they have – if they win out, they get home field throughout. So, I think you see Seattle really try to win this game. And, you know, Wilson, Carson, Lockett, Metcalf, Hollister, all these guys are very much in play. Yeah, I don't mind Lockett. I don't mind Metcalf. 
I like Hollister just because it's Arizona. Um, Wilson's okay, but yeah, the guy I really want to play here is Carson. The problem is his price tag, but he's still he's going to get 25 touches in this game. He has big touchdown equity. Like he's he's gonna still probably be a fairly chalky guy in the slate, and I don't care. I'm just gonna eat it. It's going up against a not good at all run defense of Arizona. I expect them to run the ball a ton here. So I really like Carson. Everyone else I'm just okay with. Um, all right. Sunday night football. The, this is on the DraftKings or the fantasy draft in Yahoo main slates. It's the Chiefs and the Bears. 45 and a half total here. Kansas City's favored by five and a half. Anything standing out to you for the Chiefs? My home boys. Um, Patrick Mahomes. Don't care if it's going against Chicago. It's a Sunday night game, so people are going to largely overlook it. Mahomes is still a guy with massive upside. Staying away from the running game, but Tyreek Hill, doesn't matter who he's going up against. He can put up a big game. So, yeah, like it's, it's those guys and Kelsey, of course. Chicago's most susceptible against tight ends here. Kelsey could put up a big game. Like I really like stacking up the Chiefs, even in a matchup where they won't have to throw the ball a whole lot. We've seen Mahomes put up big, big, big games and blowouts, and he's largely gotten like a bit forgotten because of his injuries during the earlier parts of the season. But still, a guy that can destroy any off or any defense. Yeah, like uh, Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey are all in play. Like I'm kind of glad this game's not on the main slate. Um, like Kelsey's coming off a monster. Like he's just been like Kelsey. If you're playing like Sunday night showdown, like you're you're probably looking at Kelsey as like a potential captain play here. Like Damian Williams is trying to play in this game, and if he plays, that hurts like the whole running back situation there. Like the running back situation, there's there's three guys even with Williams not getting work that are, that's getting work and targets and just no real interest in the in the running game. But Mahomes Hill. Kelsey, if you're playing the showdown slate, I think you could potentially look at a guy like Watkins who plays – he's been playing over 80% of the snaps, running a ton of routes. He just hasn't done much. Yeah, uh, the Chicago with Watson. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah Watkins has been what, – what, if you played him in week one, you have paid back everything that you've made. Um, oh, I have, and then some. Right. Um, any interest here in the Chicago Bears? Cohen? I think there's a decent player sitting there in an Andrew over on fantasy draft. We know that he is probably going to be heavily involved in this game, considering Kansas City is probably going to be blowing him out to a decent extent. Uh, like he's going to get a bunch of dump offs him and Trubisky's still probably going to be throwing the ball later on in the game. So Allen Robinson should see a large volume. I don't hate Miller, but I'm not a big fan of it. It looks like Gabriel is probably going to play in this one, but still he's trying to play. Yeah. yeah. Still early on. Who knows? But, Cohen is definitely the guy that I'm looking at with the Bears and probably the guy that I'd bring back with. Yeah, like, Gabriel didn't practice on Wednesday, so we'll, we'll have to kind of see. If he misses, I think you can go back to the well on Miller here, especially if you're playing, like, showdown slates. Um, you know, I, I think Trubisky's, you know, a guy that I would probably look at um, in showdown too. They've been – he's been running the ball more. Like, they've been – they've had design runs and stuff for him, so – like his rushing upside that has been gone all season has just all of a sudden started to come back. So I think he's kind of playing for his job too. We'll kind of have to see. But I don't hate Trubisky if you're playing the showdown slate. I don't know if I'd play him on the full slate on 
fantasy draft or Yahoo, but um, I don't think he's the worst option. It's just the team, Kansas City's been just so good against wide receivers this year. So good. So, so good. So, um, Monday Night Football, Packers, Vikings, 46 total. Minnesota favored by five and a half in this game. Um, what are we liking here for Green Bay? I mean, on a showdown slate, I don't like that I'm saying this, but Jimmy Graham – I think is a sneaky option. Um, like he's going up against Minnesota, they give up a large volume of targets to opposing tight ends. Graham's had four and five targets in the last two games here. I think he's a sneaky guy that you can go with. Adams obviously, Rogers obviously, both very much in play. Adams is going to see massive, massive uh, volume. Williams, based on what his price is going to be, I think he's a good option. Uh, but we don't have pricing. I don't know. Like. It all depends on pricing, whether I want to play Aaron Jones or Jamal or Jonathan Williams or Jamal Williams. It's Jonathan Williams. That's some other player. I can't remember who that is. Irrelevant. Um, in any case, yeah, look out for pricing on them. But Graham's probably the guy that I like most for tournaments on the showdown slate. Yeah, Aaron Jones had a really good game against this team earlier this season. So um, he's definitely somebody I'm looking at. I think Devontae Adams is probably – Going to be my Monday night football captain. Um, like, I just I think he's the guy that I'm probably going to end up playing the most of on this one. So, I just don't see how at this point, like, you're not playing Devontae Adams. 30% target share on the season. Um, he's playing a ton of the snaps. He's running the routes. Like, I think Lazard would be an interesting play on showdown just because I do think he's kind of worked his way into this number two wide receiver role. Um, I think that – I honestly, I think that Rogers likes Lazard more than he likes Allison at this point. So I, I think Lazard is a guy that you're potentially looking at here on Monday Night Football. Uh, Minnesota Vikings on the other side of this game. I, I guess it really is just going to depend on if Dalvin Cook plays or not. Yeah, if Dalvin Cook plays, if Mattson plays, it could be a boom week. Who knows? Like we have to wait and see what pricing is and who plays. So it's near impossible to try and figure out who to play on the for the running backs. I don't think I'm playing Cook regardless. Uh, just because I am worried about his injury, even if he does play. Um, so I guess if you're playing someone, it's going to be Thielen, Diggs. All depends on their price. Rudolph is not a bad play. Green Bay has given up decent numbers against – or given up decent numbers to opposing tight ends. Rudolph has one to two touchdown upside. So, like, he's a great guy to go with on the showdown slate. Yeah, like – you know, I don't mind Rudolph, but I think, like, him being the number two wide receiver when Thielen was out is gone now. But, you know, you're you're taking flyers on some of these guys on Monday Night Football Showdown. Um, you know, I don't hate, like, a Diggs. You know, wait to see what the running back situation looks like. It's way too early in the week to try to figure that out. Um, I, I think Cook ends up playing, but I wouldn't be shocked if he sits. So, we'll just kind of have to see how it goes. I, I think that Madison could potentially not play either, um, which would make it very interesting. I'd, I would play the passing game more if that happens too. I think that, you know, it is, would be very interesting. You know, I think the passing game would get a lot more look. Um, and Minnesota is a team that obviously they can't take this game lightly. They need to go out and try to win this game. So, um, all right, Grant, let's play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here. Um, main slate. Give me a guy uh, for over 100 yards rushing. Cannot use the top five price guys. I'm going with the obvious one, Mixon. I figured you were going to go Mixon. No, I was um, leaving Gordon for you. 
I think I'm going to go Freeman. I like it. It's Jacksonville, man. They don't stop anybody. Give me a wide receiver for over 100 yards receiving that's not in the top five. Keenan Allen. All right. I'm going to go way down. I'm going to go um, Danny Amendola. I like it. Tight end for a touchdown, not in the top five. Who do you got? Noah Fant. Fant is um, – I'm going to go with the backup tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles, Goddard. I like it. Give me a flex play under 5K to score at least 20 fantasy points. No, now I have to scroll down. I couldn't remember the game. I'm normally on this. Um, I am going to go with Washington. All right. I'm going to go Russell Gage. Give me a quarterback to throw for 300 yards. It's not in the top five in pricing. Philly Rivers. All right. Um, man, it's kind of ugly down there today. Uh, give me Fitz Magic, just because I'm wearing a Fitz Magic shirt. Like it. So, all right. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Stack them Chargers. All right, we'll be back on Friday talking some more NBA hoops. I hope everyone has an awesome NFL weekend. Good luck. We'll see you guys again tomorrow. Hey, kids.